This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Welcome to I Work For Him. That's right, Jim. And we are here at the Christian Leadership Alliance's conference called the Outcomes Conference in Dallas, Texas. And one of the things that I just want to let our listeners know up front is the fact that during this conference, the hashtag Outcomes19 has been used. And so this is an opportunity for people to go back and, and look at the hashtag and see the stream of posts that were made on social media and really get a flair, a taste for what was happening here. And um, there's just amazing things happening. And the bottom line is Christian Leadership Alliance is a group of nonprofits that are striving it's for an excellence of nonprofits. Sure. It's an alliance of nonprofits that are striving for excellence in all that they do. And this is a place to really get equipped for that in, in a conference setting, but then also all year long. That is continuing through education, through all kinds of forums that are available. Check it out online, christianleadershipalliance.org. That's christianleadershipalliance.org. Hey, shout out to all of our listeners listening on the radio. We call that terrestrial listeners on, in Tampa Bay, from south of Ocala to north of Fort Myers, all the way over to Disney, and all over Jacksonville, the first coast of St. Augustine, and Folkestone, Georgia, and of course, all over Hampton Roads, Virginia, and the incredible people there, but around the world with the podcast and streaming on iworkforhim.com each and every day. All right, today first half of the show, we're going to talk with Joyce Spriggs from Christian Healthcare Ministries. You know, we've talked about healthcare sharing before, but we've never highlighted this ministry, the one that started healthcare sharing. Joyce Spriggs, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, and shout out to Hampton Roads, Virginia, my hometown. All right. Nice. Well, we got to physically visit there a little while ago this spring. And um, it's a great place, and we are so happy to be on the air right there in Lots Hampton of bridges, Road. lots of tunnels. Lot, I mean, it was, that was, it was very beautiful. We really very, enjoyed it. Very safe there, you know, with all the military. So <laughs> nobody <laughs> that's secure right. on all boundaries. <clears throat> all right, Joy, what we do with every first-time guest on I Work For Him is we always ask this question. How did you become a follower of Jesus? I became a follower of Jesus through my parents who left a huge, huge impact in my life, the legacy of serving Jesus. My parents were saved um, at uh, the age of about, uh, I was born when my mother was 35. My parents had been saved about three years. And so it changed the trajectory of my three older brothers Mm. quite amazingly. Uh, I have three brothers that were ministers. One was a colonel in the army, uh, a chaplain, and then two brothers, two of my younger brothers are pastors, um, ministers. And so from that, I grew to know Jesus because that was the priority in our family. And um, I came to know Jesus when I, in a personal relationship when I was about 10. Wow, I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> so, Joy, tell us then, um, was there ever a time, you know, we have this conversation on I Work For Him is all about connecting our faith and our work. Did you have to come to a point where you understood that your calling, your work is your calling, and that you see your faith played out in your work? Or did somebody teach you that, or did it, was it always very natural for you? Um, I have a, a tendency to be a servant. Um, I think that's probably something that the Lord instilled into me. Um, But as a pastor's wife, my husband is a pastor for 15 years, and then we came to Christian Healthcare Ministries, 
um, it just became part of who I am and an additional part of who I am through Christian Healthcare Ministries. I've been there for 25 years, and it is an amazing journey, an amazing relationship with people all across the world I've been able to touch and minister to. So talk to us about how you got involved with Christian healthcare sharing and specifically Christian healthcare ministries, which can be found online at chministries.org, chministries.org. Tell us about what is healthcare sharing first. Let's just explain that. Christian healthcare ministries and healthcare sharing is found in Galatians 6 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we are playing that forth in this century and in this generation through healthcare. And we have been doing that for 40 years. It started as a result of a minister who, as our sister organization, is a treatment center for alcoholics and drug addicts. And he was ministering um, to a church that day and was on his way uh, to present what the mission did and was in a terrible, terrible accident. His mm. wife and baby were killed instantly. His mm. three children were hospitalized, and he was left with hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical bills. Mm. And he said, okay, Lord, you've supplied me with beef. You've supplied me with milk. You've supplied everything from A to Z for our mission. Now what? And the Lord said, you know that little newsletter that you send out every month to your supporters? Let them know what happened. Mm. And so he did, and from that grew... Christian Healthcare Ministries, and we've been serving ministers, missionaries, nonprofits across the world since then. So it's not just U.S. based; it is all over the country, Correct. all over the world based. Correct. Now, what's really cool about Christian healthcare sharing is it really puts Acts, the Acts chapter two, into action. Exactly. I mean, it is, it is, it is, it's amazing. Why don't you describe the process if somebody signs up to get their healthcare taken care of by Christian Healthcare Ministries, which people can find out online, chministries.org. What does it look like? Uh, so I have an incident; I break an arm. What's it look like? So it is an extension of your church family. People that do not even know who you are, where you live, are praying for you, first of all, but are contributing on a monthly basis on the level that they've chosen to participate on, and they are giving money so that when your bills are submitted, they're sharing in those costs. Um, they do so voluntarily. Um, that is not something that they say, oh, well, I have to do this. Um, they do it voluntarily. And gladly, and you will quite frequently, in fact, it's part of our program, receive letters and cards of encouragement from people across the United States that say, um, you were on my mind, and um, you're the process for this month, and I just wanted to reach out and let you know that we've been praying for you. We have people who use this as a ministry tool for their Sunday school class, their youth groups. Um, so it is far-reaching, not just to individuals and families, but churches nonprofits across the world. Mm, that's fabulous. So let's talk about that. So you said that you've been a part of the organization for 25 years, yes, and it's been in existence for 40. Almost 40. So how many people is it serving? We are serving over 400,000 members, and we, are, we feel like we're doing it quite well. Um, God has blessed us with an amazing staff and administration, our CEO, um, was a pastor and has a pastor's heart. So we are not an insurance company by any means because we want to make sure that you, first of all, make it to heaven. And that's our goal, that through our serving 
of medical bills and paying medical bills that you are brought closer to Jesus Christ through our ability to make you known to others and others will make Christ known mm. to others. So it's a circle that we don't want to break. Well, and it's really, you're talking about having John 10 lived out because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and live it to the fullest. And sharing amongst the family of Christ the bills that you've got, these medical bills, I mean, it really draws people together. It's a collaboration of the kingdom. It's an amazing feeling, I imagine. It is, and, it's, and it is an extension of your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with your local church, and now you're on a more... Um, relationship, connectivity, as we're talking about here today. With the global and, church. With the global church. How many um, healthcare incidences do you guys cover in a year through your healthcare sharing group? And, and what's the dollar amount? We share about, um, wow. Just put a guess out there. I, mean, I would say a billion dollars. Um, and we're, we're in our 40th year, and that number is changing constantly because sure we is. have new members, and right. uh, you know, so it's a, a fluid number. But um, 400,000 members, and the average uh, medical need that comes in in a month can be anywhere from $1,000, which the lowest that we would share different levels, um, it ranges differently, but it can be $1,000 up to millions of dollars with mm -hmm. our Brother's Keeper. So if you participate on the gold level, participation for a single individual that's $162. If you have a medical incident that reaches the threshold of $500, then we go back to dollar one and we share that till its completion wow. with the brother's keeper that has no cap. Joy, before we get back to Christian Healthcare Ministries, I got some great questions for you there. Talk about the involvement with the Christian Leadership Alliance. How has it impacted your ministry, Christian Healthcare Ministries? How is being involved, a member of the Alliance, how has it changed how you guys operate? Well, it's given us a platform to reach a lot more of nonprofit organizations and to make Christian Healthcare Ministries known to them and how we can save kingdom dollars and help them to keep those dollars doing what their mission is, whether it be a university, whether it be a mission organization, whether it be a church, um, whatever their nonprofit is, we can save them lots of money. Okay, so I want, but I want to talk specifically about Christian uh, Leadership Alliance. Some of the things you guys have learned here that you've taken back as part of whether the, the ongoing learning or maybe some of the outcomes conferences, things that you've taken back into the headquarters at Christian Healthcare Ministries and said, this is something I learned. We need to do this. This will make us operate with more excellence. This will help us operate more efficiently. Is there anything specific you've ever taken back? Maybe it's something you've heard already this week. Something you said, this is something we can do. Being a leader in Christian Healthcare Ministries um, has been, uh, they have helped us to be a better leader. Mm. For instance, last night's sermon in the kickoff uh -huh. Session. was just amazing. The things that God can help us as individuals to change and to tweak and to be able to minister to more people, whether it be in Christian Healthcare Ministries or in your individual IWorkForHim.com or whatever organization. So there's always gleaning that goes on um, to, point, to boil it all down to one specific or a couple specific things. It's just an amazing organization to be a part of. The administrative, from the people you register with, to the leadership um, is just an incredible organization. You know, what um, blesses me is to hear your heart in the 
fact that you were saying, you know, I just know that I have a resource that can help other nonprofits save money because they're out there trying to raise money all the time. We don't ever want to waste that very precious kingdom financing, you know, that's available. And so I love your heart for that because you know you have something that can help them to do, be more effective, it really, because it's, it's one of those details that they need to deal with. We all have health care needs, and um, figuring out the best way to do that financially is, is critically important in a fiduciary sense. Um, so one of the things that I just want to hear, you know, um, when we were asked to have this conversation, and we, we love for our listeners to learn about this opportunity, that they can be involved in it. But it's amazing that this is such an innovative approach. And I think that that's one of the things to really highlight is the fact that um, this is out of the box for a lot of people. So help people to just understand um, just a little bit more about it and the fact that it's very usable and attainable. Well, and I I think part of that explanation, Joy, is compare and contrast. Most of our listeners are used to hearing healthcare insurance Healthcare insurance, healthcare insurance. This is healthcare sharing. It is not insurance. This is not an insurance product. You don't have to be a licensed agent to sell it. Yet it is taking care of those exact same needs, but at a fraction of the cost operationally. Correct. And I believe um, our director says that um, we are God's people doing God's thing. We live on a different, um, we live with different values. Mm -hmm. So the people that are sharing these bills have have a less have less of um, uh, the word just escaped me. But the things that we share for, we don't share for things that are not biblical principles. Right. If you're not living by biblical principles, then those things that are outside of those things will not be shared. For instance, we don't share for um, we, our guidelines require that you that you drink according to biblical principles. If you have an accident and your medical records report that you are outside the legal limit, there's something wrong there. So mm. um, those kinds of things. And so our risk pool, the words came to me now. There you go. Um, our risk pool is, is less, but it's because it's a God thing. We are, we are living lives that are principled by God's word, and he is leading us. Now, are we still going to be sick? Most definitely. We have shared everything from you know, uh, a cut, a laceration, fractures to heart transplants, liver transplants, kidney transplants, hemorrhages. So yes, God's people do get sick, but God's people do what they say they're going to do and they pay the bills. And we're not looking for a way to say, no, this is not eligible. Mm -hmm. We're looking for a way to say, yes, this is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a lot of people are listening going, okay, I spent a lot of money on health insurance. I mean, for Martha and I, we, we were looking at the healthcare sharing opportunity, and we, it was because our monthly health insurance bill was $1,200 a month for the two of us who were healthy people, and it was still with a $7,000 out-of-pocket deductible. How does somebody sign up with Christian Healthcare Ministries? Found online, chministries.org. How do they do it, Joyce Briggs? They can go right to that website, chministries.org. There's an application there. You can sign up online. And or you can call our office and we will send you a paper application. If you're not a techie person, you can call us at 1-800-791-6225 and we will be glad to talk with you and send you an information packet that you can write and you can see visually. You mentioned, uh, could you mention that number one more time, please? 1-800-791-6225. All right. You said there's different levels people could sign up for. Why don't you describe the different levels so they can understand? Because they're used to hearing deductibles and out-of-pocket. 
It's similar but different words it's a different because it's par- not insurance. It's not insurance, and it is a different paradigm of thought. We have three levels of participation. Our best level of participation is our gold level. Okay. I would most definitely recommend that. Um, we have a silver level, and we have a bronze level. Um, I would suggest that you start looking at the gold. It is $162 per unit. A single person is a unit. doesn't matter whether you're a, a male or ten, female. Ten or 100. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. And we would be glad to serve you. A couple is a hundred and hundred and I'm sorry, it's $162 for each individual. Mm-hmm. So you'd be three, three twenty for a couple and four fifty for a family. And with the brother's keeper would be approximately four eighty if you want to do for budgetary. And, and explain purposes. that brother's keeper thing. Brother's keeper is an add on part of the program that is eligible for catastrophic mm-hmm. bills that are over $125,000. Now, if you belong to the gold level for participation, that gives you the eligibility for no cap and sharing with the gold level only. If you're participating with the silver or the bronze, the lesser, then you would add 100000 to your eligibility for each year. So again, we just want to let our listeners know they can go to chministries.org and, and get this layout and really kind of start that assessment process for them. But really think open-mindedly that this is very innovative, it's very creative, it's biblically based, and you have years behind you to, to really help people to understand that this is a, an amazing community of people working together and um, it, a, just a great way to help us be better stewards of what God has entrusted us. I, I want to hear stories. We've got a couple of minutes left in the, in the segment. I, I want to hear some stories. Tell me some stories of people that have signed up and, and, and they were healthy people and all of a sudden they had something happen and Christian Healthcare Ministries and your 400,000 members helped share and minister to those people. And then I want to hear a story of somebody who learned about Jesus. They thought they were a Christian. They signed up, but they really learned about Jesus because of what you guys are doing. Mm. Couple of couple of stories. You got a couple of minutes. Oh, wow. Um, no pressure at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, there are lots of um, stories that I could give you specific to um, sharing. Okay, just pick um, one. Pick one recent one. So I'm not really involved with that department per se uh, now. I used to be, but I will tell you that there are people who have given their story of participating to Christian health care to their providers. Okay, so they go into the doctor, they mm-hmm. find out that they have um, cancer, and they give their testimony of Jesus and how they're participating with mm. Christian healthcare ministries. And through that, they win people to Jesus. They come to their church. They come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They start a small group because that person in their medical provider's office said, I need to know more, not just about Christian healthcare, but I need to know more. Why are you so calm? What, what's going on in your life? We have people in here that come in with this diagnosis and they freak out. You're calm. What's the difference? So Christ not only works through us, through Christian healthcare ministries, but to our providers makes a difference and they like us. Oh, that's powerful. You know, I love that the fact that um, they get to, as they need to explain, you know, this is how my bills are going to get paid. This is right. what's going to happen. It, it's a clear open door for them to say why right. and ask those questions. So what a great example and, and, and you know, in this day and age which we live, if someone asks the question, then you feel free to yes. expound. Permission. And so that gives you the permission. And I would encourage um, all of us 
to to live a life that at, that will make someone ask questions. So you know, in a, in an insurance contract, there's always fine print. Is there any fine print in a Christian a, a Christian healthcare ministries contract? I mean, is there fine print things we need, need to worry about? The fine print is: Can you say that you're a lover of Jesus and you attend church and you live a life that is biblically principled? then you can be a Christian healthcare ministries. We're not the God police. We're not out there, but he does a pretty good job of that. And I would also encourage groups, uh, nonprofits, to email us at groups at chministries.org. Joyce Briggs, thanks so much for being on iWorkFrame. Check her out online, chministries.org. Hey, this second half of the show, we're talking with John Rollins. He's got this ministry called Collaborative Connections for Christ, and he's got a really unique product that he's, that he's representing. But first, John, as we do with every guest, we always ask this question. When you're a first-time guest on I Work For Him, we always ask this question. How did you become a Jesus follower? Well, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a, a Christian Missionary Alliance minister. And something happened to my dad when he was on a ship going to war. He was a Marine. His duty was to crawl before tanks and dig out the mines. Someone said, you want to know about the good life? Come to our Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday night. He went to the Bible study, gave his heart to the Lord, and said, God, if you bring me back from this war, I'll serve you the rest of my life. He became a pastor for 45 years, and because of him... And my mom, they raised us in a Christian home. At the age of eight, I gave my heart to Christ. Hmm. Talk to us about, was there, you then went on, we've heard, heard a little bit of your stories. We've, we've talked to you here at the Outcomes Conference. Talk to us about, at what point in time in your life did you realize that you didn't have to be a pastor or a missionary in order to live out your faith in today's world? Well, actually, I wanted to be a baseball player. I loved baseball Nothing wrong with baseball. I love baseball. And played a little bit in college, but... Uh, my passion really was to serve the Lord. That's where my heart was. So I went to Bible college at Tocqueville Falls College and planning to be a pastor. I felt at the age of 15 God was leading me into the ministry. But then I met my future wife at Tocqueville Falls College and she said, God's leading me to be a missionary. And if you're not called to be a missionary, we can't get serious. Well, I changed real quickly. No, <laughs> no I really did It took about a year and a half to realize that God was... Um, leading me is just a place of of ministry but so no when you were playing baseball nobody told you that you could be in the ministry of baseball nobody well, you, you thought that having to be in ministry you had to be a pastor or a missionary no it in all actuality my dad uh, was very supportive of me in following and pursuing baseball because he wanted me to be in ministry but he said john it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing you need to serve the Lord whatever you're doing in mm. life. And that really was a wise father because I didn't feel pressured to go into ministry. You know, especially generationally, a lot of people who have a pastor mm -hmm. in their, like, you know, their lineage, um, they feel like that's the only way for um, them to be able to serve. But your dad spoke amazing truth into you, and you had a lot of different opportunities. You've done a lot of different things, but you feel like you've always been a minister in all that you've done? In, in a sense, too, because my, my dad was a bivocational pastor. He had to uh, work a job and actually was a church planner. Okay. So he worked a job uh. while he was... Uh, he was actually an insurance agent. So, so bivocational? Bivocational. He went into people's homes, and he said, I've protected you with insurance. What about your assurance. Do oh, you that's know Jesus fabulous. Christ as your personal Savior. Very cool. I love that. So where did you and your bride serve on the mission field? 
Well, we uh, applied open with the Christian Missionary Alliance. They sent us to Peru after language study. We were involved in church planning. Prior to that, I had worked uh, from the age 15 to 26 at a summer camp in Florida, uh, near Jacksonville and Gainesville in between, and uh, Lake Swan Camp. Um, so I was you know, interested, interested in youth ministry, but when we got to Peru working in church planting there in a program called Lima Latin Encuentro con Dios, um, the mission asked us to, be, to consider moving to Ecuador and becoming boarding home parents for missionary kids. They saw in a year and a half they were going to have a vacancy and they wanted somebody and they considered us mainly because of our strong upbringing and a strong family uh, focus in our, in our growing up years. So a year and a half later we moved to Quito, Ecuador and became boarding home parents for 15 years. Wow. That's where I feel like God maximized our, our gifts and abilities. Mm -hmm. So I tease and say we had 87 kids over the 15-year period that we cared for. My wife has 80, had 87 kids, but she doesn't look like it. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm pretty irresponsible, too, because I don't even know how many grandkids I have. <laughs> Are, so you're not still in touch with all 87 kids? Not all 87, but when face, Facebook came about, yeah. we were able to connect with a lot of them. And so we have kids that we helped raise in the dorm that are in Indonesia, Spain, South America, all over the world serving the Lord. So what an, what an amazing opportunity for you to feed into all of those 87 kids in 15 years, this whole, you know, just their idea of their calling on their life and what they can do for the glory of the Lord. So obviously you're not in Ecuador right now. Um, what is it that you guys are doing um, today? Well, when we left Ecuador in 2000, our daughter graduated. She was our youngest. We went to Nyack, New York. Our sons were playing soccer and uh, going to Bible uh, college there. And uh, once they finished, we ended up in Indianapolis for work. And that's where I began to look. God's not calling me back into ministry. Okay, well, God, what do you want me to do? Whoa. So that language, still having a problem with that language. He's not calling you back into ministry, yet he was calling you in the ministry. Not into the pulpit. But your ministry was shifting. Exactly. Right, because we want to make sure we have that language straight because wherever we go, we're really in ministry. Wherever we go, it really is a mission field. It may not be Quito, Ecuador. But you are in a mission field today, each and every day, aren't you, John Rollins? Exactly. And I, when I was a missionary, I had people, businessmen, that would help us in certain ways. You yeah. know, giving us a cabin in the mountains to go away and for a retreat uh, to help us uh, for some R&R. &R. And I thought, if I'm not going to be in full-time ministry, but I'm going to be working a job or working a business, I want to do the very best I can so I can use my resources for the Lord no matter what I'm doing. Because mm -hmm. my life is committed to Him. And regardless of what I'm doing. Excellent. Well, and, and the whole idea is to understand that you are still in full-time ministry. And those resources are, I mean, it, and that's the whole conversation we have on our work room all the time. It's just to understand that no matter what we're doing, we are in ministry because we touch people. And every day you're touching new people, aren't you, John Rollins? Absolutely. I could sit here for hours telling you about contacts that I've made just we talked about networking earlier, mm -hmm. but just about meeting people in the marketplace. I did a presentation in Indianapolis for our business, and I turned around. There was a young man sitting there, and I said, uh, what are you studying? He said, well, my wife and I want to go to third world countries and work in their infrastructure. I said, oh, we spent 15 years in Ecuador. He said, Ecuador? My wife's best friend married a guy from Ecuador. I said, what was his name? Oh, it was Paul Reichert. I said, Paul was in the first grade in our dorm. And he married, his, his best friend in high school was our son. So 
that random experience of meeting a guy random. in a city, you know, not it's really. not, yeah. Yeah. it's random in the world's eyes, it's God's appointed, uh, and I could, time, I mean, for us, for me to just to meet him and find out that his wife's best friend married my son's That's best amazing. friend. That's very cool just, thing. It really is amazing, and I could count, I mean, I can't even count the number of times that that type of thing has happened. So God moved you from being dorm parents in boarding school dorm parents, which Martha experienced. She lived on the year uh, a year. I was on the a field. missionary kid living in a boarding room, so I appreciate that role very, very much of those um, dorm parents. So thank you for your service. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was more like military I know it's service. Hard. That's right. Yeah. I know it's hard. 80, Eighty-seven kids in fifteen years. That's a lot of kids. A lot of yeah, kids. Eighteen to twenty-two each year, both boys and girls. First grade to twelfth grade. Nine months out of the year, twenty-four-seven. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. So talk about where the Lord has you today. Well, as I mentioned, I was looking for something to make some extra income towards retirement. I thought if I'm going to be in business, it, I want to do the very best I can. Mm -hmm. And so I began looking for something that I could do to make extra money to for retirement. I, I didn't want to be, oh, I don't have to be Well, rich. you're hitting hot buttons today, John. Well, retirement. Tell where, What chapter is that one in the Bible? The retirement um, one. Is that <laughs> in Heze second hesitations? Hezekiah. Yeah. Hezekiah. It's not in Hezekiah. <laughs> Hezekiah is not at the, at the I book. Know. Okay. Hesitations. That's where we go with that. Okay. But retirement. What do you mean when you so, say retirement? Well, I just looked at life and I thought, the mission took good care of us. Mm -hmm. But when I get to the place where I can't take care of myself, I don't want to be dependent on the government nor my family. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do the best I can financially prepare for that. Not that I ever want to really retire because I, the retirement is just a financial status. Right. If you can, don't have to worry about money, you can do anything you want to in, as far as ministry. So I began to look at, um, a book came out, Start Late, Finish Rich by David Bach. And I thought, I read the book and I thought, I'm a preacher's kid, former missionary. I don't need to finish rich, but I sure don't want to be dependent on other people. Right. And so I wanted God to bless whatever I was doing. So I wanted something that I could be passionate about. I ended up finding Legal Shield. And the thing that attracted me to Legal Shield was the fact that in 1982, Ruth and I did our wills. We went to Ecuador, Peru, came back, never updated our wills, and I'd done some research, and it cost about $500 a piece for an attorney to do A lot do of wills. money. And I thought, they're going to give me a will, living will, and health care power of attorney, and now a financial power of attorney, all free of charge. Well, I say free, it, it comes free with the membership, and it's a month-to-month -month membership, so I'm not locked into anything. I thought, I need to get that done, so sign me up, first of all. But I want to tell people about that and get paid instead of just referring people to the company. So I thought, here's my opportunity to do good and make a good living as well. And it paid like insurance. So I thought, I'm going to build my retirement. So it's got residual income. Right. Right. So, but Legal Shield is so much more than just providing wills and powers of, of attorney and financial responsibility and healthcare responsibility. I mean, it provides so much more as we've heard it. You know, I've been, as, you know, I keep using the word networking. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get hate mail from, from Matt. <laughs> I, I just know I am. But Matt Bird, in fact, he's calling me right now. I'm sorry. I meant when we build relationships and I've learned about Legal Shield, talk about some of the other things that Legal Shield does. Well, for one thing, just to be able to pick up the phone and call an attorney and get advice before you make a decision. Most mm -hmm. people will not do that because $250, $300 an hour, yeah. you're not going to call and get advice. You're not going to have an attorney review a document because it's too costly. You're not going to have a, an attorney write a letter for you over a $50 issue because it's too costly. 
But if it's paid in advance and you can have that done through a nationwide network of attorneys, why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. So to pay $25 a month to have unlimited access, it's a smart thing. And so one of the things that I've right. used so 25 over bucks over a month to join Legal Shield, so one hour of an attorney a year is exactly. what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's changed our lives because now I call in whenever I have a question. But last October 26th, Ruth and I were together in our car, and a driver under the influence crossed over into our lane, hit his head on. Mm. In the ambulance, Ruth was on the phone with our attorney. What do we do to make sure we have the best outcome? And then since that time, I have talked to the attorney separately six different times, a total of about three hours, making sure I was doing exactly what I needed to do to have the best outcome from that particular accident. That gives us power. Legal Shield, how do people find it online? How do people find you online? Well, I, I'll discuss that a little bit later as far as what we're doing. But you've got to tell me right now. Is collaborative, it Collaborative Connections for Christ.com? Connection I don't want you to go to Legal Shield and try to sign up because then, I'm getting then you credit. Will, yeah, okay. So Collaborative Connections for Christ.com. Collaborative Connections for Christ.com. But John, before we get back to the conversation about Legal Shield and what the Lord has you doing right now, let's talk about your connection to the Christian Leadership Alliance. That's right. So we are at the Outcomes Conference here in Dallas, Texas, and you are you probably are wearing many hats as a as a participant, as a vendor here in an interview session. Um, what is your relationship with uh, the Christian Leadership Alliance been like? That's another testimony. Even the fact that I'm here, yeah, is because of my desire to build a network and also just to build relationships with people. So I walked up to a guy in Panera Bread, introduced myself found out a little bit about him. He's in the insurance industry. And he said, but that's not why I'm here in Colorado Springs. I'm here to speak at CLA luncheon. I said, what's CLA? He said, Christian Leadership Alliance. And I said, what, what is it? He told me briefly. And he said, why don't you come to the luncheon? I said, well, it's only 45 minutes from now. Can I still come? He said, sure. So I went and continued to go monthly because I was meeting so many people in ministry. And it was just opening so many doors for me that was just fabulous to meet the people and now i'm serving on the local board uh of colorado springs chapter of, of cla but last and every fall, time john says cla he means the christian, christian leadership, leadership alliance exactly. found online christianleadershipalliance.org so um one of the things that i want our listeners to hear is how um they the training the education the um the constant learning that happens as a part of christian leadership alliance Right. It, it's just, it's really amazing. And we have, we used to have monthly luncheons. We uh, have quarterly luncheons and two connections events where we have speakers coming in to talk about different issues with nonprofits. Now, my Collaborative Connection for Christ is not a nonprofit yet, but it really helps the, the Christian organizations to understand better not only leadership, but also some of the responsibilities that they have and and things that are changing even in taxes in yeah. the world in which we live. So we have speakers coming in that are informing um, the, the people who attend our luncheon. So are you helping mostly nonprofits or are you helping for-profits as well? I mean, what, what, what's your for role? For his connection. For your, yeah, collaborative, collaborative Connections for Christ. Collaborative Connections for Christ is specifically for nonprofits. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So you're trying to help them out and giving them some advice. Can Legal Shield, your, your organization that you're representing, can they help an organization, not just an individual? Not legally, they can't help. We don't practice nonprofit law. But let me just go back a little bit and tell you how I came up with Collaborative Connections for Christ, because that's okay. really key. 
I began getting the information from my Bible college to Cole Falls College from the Alumni Association about signing up for insurance through a major insurance company that had formed an affinity program with the college. They would donate some money back to the college, and I thought, what if I did this with Legal Shield? But instead of doing a little bit of a donation back for each person that signed up, what if I put the organization in a place where every time somebody signed up, the organization got the commission and the residual income? Because Legal Shield allows an individual, a business entity, or a nonprofit entity to sign up as a Legal Shield representative. So I thought, this could work. And I began discussing it. And it was hard to get it moving. It's been about six years since I came up with this idea, but my son moved to Colorado Springs, began working with uh, Colorado Springs Christian Schools as athletic director and soccer coach, and they had already been offering Legal Shield for five years. Now it's been about 11 years that they've been offering it as a voluntary benefit. So he approached the superintendent, Roland Dorenzo, and said, this is my dad's idea. What do you think? He said, what are the risks? He said, it was $149 to sign up. Now it's only 99 He said, what else is there? He said, well, you have confidence in the company or you wouldn't be offering it as a voluntary benefit. Mm -hmm. So there are no other risks. So right now, every time a teacher signs up for Legal Shield through uh, the, the school, the school gets a commission for that. So tell us some stories. We are here, first I just want to remind people we're at the Outcomes Conference here in Dallas, Texas, and one of the things um, that we are talking about today, John Rollins, is this um, whole idea of just, you know, offering, well, number one, I love the name of your website because we love collaboration. So collaborativeconnectionsforchrist.com. But we want to, we want to hear stories because a lot of times it makes it um, more real, you know, that we get, we can kind of see what it happens when someone um, uses the Legal Shield um, services. You yourself shared an example of when you had a car accident. Who are some other people that you've come in contact with where it has really made a difference for them? <laughs> well, you should talk to Jack and Myra in Indianapolis because I met them in Meyer grocery store and started a conversation. Wonderful Christian family, and they signed up for Legal Shield, but they already had an issue. Uh, from a hailstorm that had damaged their slate tile roof, and they called the law firm and said, "This law, uh, this uh, insurance company wants to pay us eleven thousand dollars to replace our roof, but the roof is valued at seventy-five thousand, mm. and they couldn't get anywhere. So they signed up with Legal Shield. They consulted with the attorneys. They said, "Fax us your contract." So they faxed the contract over, and the attorneys reviewed the contract and said, "According to the contract." They have to pay you $75,000. So they write a letter to the insurance company, a major insurance company. I won't mention the name. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it goes to their legal department and not to customer service. And Jack and Myra got $75,000 instead of $11,000. They said, John, we will never cancel, cancel our membership. It just means too much to us. Excellent. That is such a that's a great simple example. We all have um, you know a need for help. Uh, but it could home be seventy five thousand. It could be seventy five dollars. It doesn't matter the amount. Right. It's well, your issue. I think the biggest thing you know Legal Shield is doing is just. I mean, you're giving people an opportunity to get an affordable will, an affordable power of attorney, an affordable uh, financial responsibility, and healthcare responsibility, uh, healthcare uh, surrogate kind of responsibility forms filled out because that's one of those things that so many people don't have done. I mean, what's the percentage of, let's just talk to Jesus followers, people listening to the show today, how, what's the percentage of them that actually don't have a will? Well, statistically, I've heard seven out of 10 Americans don't have a will. Don't 70%. Have it My son, though, he's 40, Jason, and he and his wife have updated their wills four times, never been charged, because every year you can update it if you need to. 
So I, it, it makes me a proud father that he's doing the right thing by his family, preparing in case the inevitable or uh, uh, the you know, unfortunate thing would happen. And it's being a good steward. And really, that's Absolutely. another area, Jim, in this whole conversation of innovative ways for um, nonprofits, individuals to use our resources well that God has given us. Innovative resources like this. Very innovative. And it's, uh, it's simple. It doesn't seem too overwhelming. And yet there are things that everyone you talk to, they say, oh, yeah, I need to do that, Will. I, yeah, I know I need to update it. But this gives them that opportunity for finances not to be a part of it and exactly. really be having the conversation about what, how to be a good steward of all that God's given us. So if you want to talk with John Rollins about Legal Shield, check him out online, collaborativeconnectionsforchrist.com, collaborativeconnectionsforchrist.com. John, here's a question for you. You know, there's a song by Mercy Me. I love the song, Dear Younger Me. What is one thing you wish the younger you knew? <laughs> he's shaking his head. For our <laughs> listeners who cannot see his face right now, he's shaking his head. You know, this whole thing, we talk about ministry, but really what God wants is our heart. He wants our relationship. And, and as I look back on my life, I, I've always been committed to the Lord, but um, growing is something that's been... When we're challenged in life, we start to have to really dig deep and grow. And I have grown more in the last few years than I have, I think, in all my life. And part of it is realizing that God, he's been working on my mind to, to think, because my ultimate goal with Collaborative Connection for Christ is $100 million in the next 10 years for Christian organizations. I want to be able to create a movement that affects all of society, all of ministry, through Collaborative Connections for Christ. But the main thing God's been dealing with me lately is, John, I want your heart. Right. I, I want you. I want that relationship with you. So regardless of what I accomplish in life, God wants me. He wants that relationship with me, and I want it with him. Mm. So I'm learning as I grow older that as sweet as, and as productive and as wonderful as some of the years were when I was younger, I'm living the best time of my life right now. You know, it's, it's sad when we were told as young kids that when you die, nothing, you don't get to take anything with you. But what's, what the, the and the lie, and it, and it wasn't, we weren't taught about that lie at church, because the relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father, that we get to take with us. That is something when, when we have our lives transformed by Christ, we begin eternity then. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father begins then. And, but that's what you're realizing now. I mean, the, the, deep, the depth of the relationship is more important than the millions of dollars you want to raise. But yet the millions of dollars is really cool. The millions of dollars provides more opportunity for people to know Christ. Right. That's all it is. It's a tool. And for a ministry to have more resources to be able to send kids to camp, for a ministry to have more resources to be able to help others who are in difficulty is just so important. To help unwed mothers, mm -hmm. to help people come out of human trafficking and get set up. Those types of issues, to help people with education, with leadership, those are the issues that can help expand the gospel in a greater way, but mm. we need financial resources to accomplish that. Yes. John Rollins, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for sharing CollaborativeConnectionsForChrist.com with us, and thanks for sharing about Legal Show. We really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. It was great it. to have you here. Of course, all of this made possible by the Christian Leadership Alliance. Check them out online, christianleadershipalliance.org. We'd love for you and your nonprofit to get connected to the Christian Leadership Alliance. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.